I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today on this President's Day? Doing very well. I had a wonderful day, relaxing day, where I got up late, I went thrifting, I did some stuff for the Debug podcast, designed some stuff, watched one of my favorite movies, You've Got Mail, mm. and, you know, windows down sort of day. I thrifted, actually, <laughs> I thrifted The Devil Wears Prada on Blu-ray today, and I was hey. very excited. Yeah, three bucks. I mean, nice. Come on. Yeah, I have it yeah. on. I have it on Blu-ray as well. Uh, sounds like a great day. Must be nice. Yeah. Uh, some of us had to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my sister. She was like, what, "What did she say?" She came in through the door when she came home. And she was like, "How was your President's Day, bitch?" And I was wow. like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, uh, coming in yeah. hot." She did. She came in hot. <laughs> uh, so um, and so this President's Day weekend, we did see a movie. We saw a new Marvel movie. Um, this is, uh, they are really trying to take over any spot in the calendar. Uh, I remember the first time they released the movie in February. It was a good one. Uh, Black Panther. Black Panther. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so here they are at it again with, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. Before we get started on talking about it, believe me, if only you guys could see the eye rolling that Jessica's doing right now, um, <laughs> Before we talk about the movie, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, many more. If you like us, go ahead and review us. Five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify go a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on everything that we're doing, our latest episodes, reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support and get a bunch of extra content for as little as $2 a month. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And thank you to our patrons, Janet, Curtis, Bale, Cindy, CD, and Grace. Love you guys. Couldn't do this without you guys. They are great indeed for supporting us through Patreon. You could do it as well. So today we are talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the 31st movie in the MCU franchise. Uh, So Jessica, why don't you go ahead and let us know what this one is about? Sure. So the IMDb synopsis reads, Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, along with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, explore the quantum realm, where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. So this movie was directed by Peyton Reed. He's returning for the third time. Uh, And this movie is written by Jeff Loveness, based on characters by Jack Kirby. And the movie stars Paul Rudd. Angeline Evangeline Lilly. <laughs> I, I got her name like a little tongue tied there. I looked at it too quick. But yeah, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, they're all back, uh, reprising their respective roles. And joining the cast, uh, we have Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang. Uh, we have Katie M. O'Brien as Jen Tora. We have William Jackson Harper as Quaz, Bill Murray as Lord Krylar. And finally, rounding it out, Mr. Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. Uh, Jessica, box office and critics, how was this received by critics? Well, for box office, it's sitting at a $118 million opening, and 
it's made $357 million worldwide up until today. The Rotten Tomatoes score is a 47% critic score. And the audience score is at 84%. The critics consensus reads Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania mostly lacks the spark of fun that elevated earlier adventures, but Jonathan Majors as King is a thrilling villain poised to alter the course of the MCU. So, with that said, uh, go ahead, Jessica. Uh, what were your opening thoughts on this movie? I, I mean, I didn't, I did not enjoy Spy Kids three. Okay, I thought this <laughs> movie was wild, and I can't exactly tell you what happened or why this happens. Um, I was befuddled for a lot of the movie. And it's not that it, the movie's, how do I put this? It's not complicated to understand. It's just complicated visual, like, stupidity. And I don't know how they acted at all throughout the movie because it's very obviously completely blue screen or green screen and like 99% of the movie is CGI. So kudos to this cast for doing this because I would not, I don't think I would sign up for a movie like this. And I just don't care. Like bottom line, I do not care about the happenings in this movie. I thought it was stupid and I don't know. My sister nicknamed Ant-Man Cant-Man. <laughs> because, <laughs> I guess for obvious reasons, if you've, if you've perhaps seen the movie, you can put two and two together. But ultimately, I loved Jonathan Majors. And that's, that's about it. Like, even Paul Rudd wasn't, like, Paul Rudding for me. Right. Uh, so my, my thoughts on the movie... Uh, so I'll start with the positives. I really think that... Uh, Jonathan Majors really lets his presence known and felt throughout the movie when when he's on screen. I I, I should say that um, because there's a lot of like teasing of him as a character <laughs> as as we go through the movie. Uh, but I think that when he's on screen, uh, he really uh, carries like you can sense the weight of his character. Um, and then on top of that, Michelle Pfeiffer was also a knockout because this movie is really driven by those two. Uh, those two are really driving this movie. And I really enjoyed the interplay that they show in the movie. And it kind of made me think, damn, I wish we would have gotten more time there in, in that aspect between those two characters because there was actually some interesting stuff there. Um, now, take with that said. I think this movie is just not good. It's not a good movie. No. No. Um, I like. I had this fear going into the movie that it was going to be just a CGI fest of just like, you know, everything was going to be CGI. And I was right. I was proven right. And I wish that I was wrong. Because this movie takes away all of the charm from the first two Ant-Man movies. Like, it's supposed to be like, a city level caper, you know, like heist 
type of movies which are fun you know they they joke around and a lot of the fun is seeing ant-man in these situations where he is small versus (laughs) whatever large object you know but for us it's regular size uh here they're in they're just playing against blue and green screens the entire time and it is not visually interesting to me to watch that like Mm -hmm. we get all these like weird creatures and i'm just in my head i'm thinking why like why Mm -hmm. are we here like what Mm -hmm. is the point of being here in the grand scheme of like the mcu if if you're a fan of the mcu what is the point of setting this movie in with these characters in this setting and on top of that why are you wasting the the entrance of the big villain of this phase in this movie? Like, why mm-hmm. why are you doing that? So there was a lot of just puzzling questions that I'm just like, I don't get what they were trying to do with this movie. I don't understand right. it. Like, if the goal was, hey, we're introducing our big bad, this is not the movie to do it in. This is not the franchise to do it in. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man has never been like... The colossal, like, we need to be, show how great Ant-Man, no, Ant-Man is, he's he's off on the side in the Avengers, if you want to call him an Avenger, you know? He's doing his own thing in San Francisco. That's what he, that's what he should be doing. But, yeah, no, so I think that the writing is not great. Like, there's just a lot of just weird lines, bad lines throughout the movie. Um also, there's uh, <laughs> a it's certain puzzling. character comes back, and yeah. it comes back in a strange way, unsightly. Yeah, and so we'll we'll get into that in spoilers. But overall, this was a miss. This was a miss uh, that I I couldn't even anticipate how bad of a miss this was going to be. I kind of went into the movie with some trepidation, mm. uh, and. Boy, even like that, I was still left kind of cold coming out of the movie where I was like, okay, Kang was cool, but it certainly did not leave me excited for their upcoming slate Mm -hmm. for what they have coming up for the next few movies. Like, I'm I'm not sitting here like, I can't wait for what MCU's got next. No, I'm just like sitting here like, nah, man, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see what is the progression, what's the story. And that... The thing is, they've laid it out for us. Like, they've like, hey, these movies are coming out in this order, and this is what we're building up to. And I'm sitting here like, I don't see how you get there. I don't see how you're supposed to get to this big thing with Kang. With the movies that you've announced, I'm just sitting here like, nah, this ain't it. This ain't it. So, yeah. So, I left the movie cold on the MCU, and right now, I'm just, I'm not excited for what's coming down the pike. Yeah. Well, I've not been excited. <laughs> I know. For a long time on MCU if you've been with us on ATC for any length of time, you know that I'm like the notorious Mar- Marvel hater. I'm the one that's always like the hard sell on these movies yep. and like this is like you can't come to a like a, a person who hasn't been watching MCU movies for the past 10 years and like offer up this movie and be like, hey, there's a lot coming down the pike, but this is like one of the first ones you need to like get into this 
so you can know who Kang the Conqueror is. It's like, why would the person want to continue watching MCU movies at that point? No, exactly. They, it's such a such a poor way to introduce such a vital character to your storytelling that's going to go forward. Mm. Um, yeah, and then on top of that, there's characters that are missing from the franchise. Uh, so like I thought, where was Michael Pena? Michael Pena was missing. Okay. Uh, Ti was missing. Uh, David Dasmalchian, who's part of that crew as well, supposedly had like another bit role. Like he just was like I I don't know maybe he was a voice or some CGI figure, but he was in the movie, but you don't see him. So I miss having like that entourage that mm. S- Scott Lang can kind of play against the comedic. Right relief we don't we don't get any of that here and also like you were saying paul rudd paul rudd does not really get to be paul rudd like he was in the first two movies he is really being asked to carry a heavy emotional weight that this movie's trying to do a a father-daughter relationship and i just don't think it succeeds i Mm -hmm. really don't because Mm -hmm. That's not what his character has ever been about, you know? And now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, hey, let's do a tonal shift, you know? Like, Hmm. I get that they did a tonal shift with Thor. After their first two movies, they took it way too seriously. Then they made it funny. And then they swung way too far with uh, Love and Thunder. And then it's, like, just jokes left and right. But, yeah, I just think they went in the wrong direction with Ant-Man, with this. They just went in the wrong direction. Uh, So... Yeah, so I am, yeah, just n- not very excited <laughs> about this movie. Uh, but um, yeah. let me ask you this. Okay. Kang himself, the character. Okay. Sure. Uh, did, I know you're not a Marvel person, but was there anything that kind of got you like thinking, oh, I maybe I'd be interested in seeing where that goes? Kang. Yeah, because I think that you're right. The stuff that with him and Michelle Pfeiffer, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but like the flashback sequences were really compelling. Mm-hmm. And I loved how Jonathan Majors was like switching personas basically halfway through. Like he just became a different person right in front of our eyes. And I really appreciate that acting prowess and... Um, showing how formidable this dude is at manipulation. Yeah. So I felt like that was positive. But as far as, like, you've put this really grand character in the quantum realm, which is really, really small. <laughs> and it, it's, uh, I just, I'm confused. Like, what? so he's so powerful, but then he can't get out. And it's it's very much like genie in a bottle. And right. Ant-Man's the person that's like rubbing the lamp here and I just don't see it as being high stakes in any way shape or form no like no matter how you slice it I'm like bored yeah and that's a shame that is a shame for that character evidently like Jonathan Majors is king is supposed to be a Thanos level right I'm confused like because he's just if he's stuck Thanos in an Ant-Man movie and been like, this is the first time you're ever going to see Thanos. I would have been like, what the hell is this? Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's what this, that's what they've done here. That's what they've done here. 
is is limiting this character's potential by by squeezing them into this into this franchise tiny realm tiny realm exactly <laughs> tiny franchise tiny realm exactly so yeah inconsequential so, it feels mm, like yeah it does because i th- i feel like if you are someone who watches mcu content i feel like you got a better representation of the kang character in loki oh absolutely yeah. i think that hour of television where he really gets to flex and even though it's not an action sequence like the the impending threat of kang can be felt more there mm-hmm. than it did here the impending threat mm-hmm. uh so so that was and although we sh- we'll talk about the this um the mid credits uh sequence oh yeah yeah we'll talk about that in spoilers uh because there's where some potential actually lies uh so before we get into spoilers, uh, what did you give this movie as a grade? Well, considering that I never want to lay eyes on it again, and I walked out of the theater hoping that I could forget it and really kind of upset that I had to be here and keep retain this information for the podcast, um, I would probably put it at like a one, maybe two at the most. Mm, gotcha. Out of, out of five? Out of five. <laughs> Yeah, that it's unwatchable. To like, me, I would, yeah, well, the letter. It's not grade. that it's unwatchable. It's just you would never want to rewatch, right? The movie. I I wouldn't. No. No. Uh, so yeah, I I gave it a D. It's it's just. Oh, I'm so sorry. We. No, I know. Wow, I like fine. defaulted to like defaulted. one or two stars. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. No, um, I'm gonna give it a D, absolute D minus. If I could, I won't give it an F, but like no, a D minus. But, yeah, it's. And I hate to be so negative about it, but it does have to do a lot with the way that it's written, the way that it looks. Yes, that's a big thing. That's the Period. big thing. Um, yes, uh, we'll talk about more about that in spoilers. So we are going to talk spoilers for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see the devil ever pulled pay no attention to that man behind the curtain was convincing the world you can't handle the truth he didn't exist oh what's in the box and we're going to talk about spoilers for ant-man and the wasp quantumania now uh so (laughs) where do you want where do we begin i guess i was a first offended with the, one of the first sequences they had, first scenes where you have Catherine Newton's Cassie Lang sitting at a table and introducing the concept that she um, has been working on like quantum realm stuff, right? With Evangeline Lilly's Hope and uh, Hank Pym. Yes, I'm offended because they're supposed to have pizza. They're eating pizza with a salad. <laughs> and i for some reason oh i was like the mcu needs to stop because this <laughs> the small infraction just felt like they don't know the audience whatsoever oh my god i can't believe and then, that's where you started that's where i'm starting and then we get into she's been sending a signal down into the quantum realm michelle pfeiffer's having a full-on ptsd moment where she's like you gotta shut it up and then it goes nuts and sucks them all into jumanji and that's where like 
it starts to go (laughs) crazy with the endless CGI. This movie is 80% like filmed in front of green screen, blue screen. Yeah, yeah. (sighs) Good Lord. Like after a while, like my mind just wants to shut off. It does. Yeah, like you start seeing like these like creatures and ships and all that. So I was trying to trying to um, balance it out and trying to give it the benefit of the doubt while I was watching the movie, because there's so many other sci-fi movies that we love that have a major amount of different species and creatures and crap like the Quanta Cosa, and we don't we don't like. We don't berate it for any of that. No, we don't. Like Star Wars. Like, I'm not sitting here going, there's too many creatures in Star Wars. No. I'm just like, all right, like, I see I see it. I get it. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. What do you want to... What's the difference I here? think the difference here is that Ant-Man has never interacted at all with these type of creatures. We've never even really seen anything on this level except for maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's where you kind of get into your maybe other creatures. And they did it from the onset. It's not like they just sprung it on you like, hey, we're going to mm-hmm. take your favorite character or, you know, a character you like and throw them into this weird world that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and usually a world like this would be interesting. But the th- the problem with this was that everything is so reliant on CGI that nothing appears real. So... Like, for example, you were bringing up Star Wars, why we don't have a problem, uh, at least with the, you know, sequel trilogy in terms of like the design and everything. A lot of it's practical. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is like they went in, they designed these costumes and and characters and stuff. So it looks lived in and real, at least. But this does not. This just everything appears fake. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, invo- I, I invoke Spy Kids. In the beginning, because I honestly, if you watch a Spy Kids movie and then watch this movie, it's like they grew up. What's the difference? Like, I don't see, especially in terms of CGI quality. Like, maybe I'm being too harsh, but like, I just like it's all the same. It really did feel all the same. It really Mm -hmm. does. And there was a lot of people online posting uh, basically like a bunch of um, like. Uh, screenshots of the two movies just comparing them spy kids and and this movie (laughs) and it's been going on for a while now like people were doing that when the trailer came out and then people started uh doing it now that the movie's out people are like doing like pictures of you know from the movie and just comparing it to spy kids and stuff (laughs) uh yeah i didn't even realize that oh yeah i knew about the i've seen a couple of them from the trailer but i didn't realize it just kept going yeah people just keep like posting (laughs) them together uh yeah so i think that a lot of the dialogue is just very exposition heavy exposition heavy but then also very how do i put it like stupid and simplistic simplistic like you know it's annoying it's annoying because it feels like it's talking down to the audience for some reason and talking down also in terms of comedy yeah it's that's weird that's weird right here's here's like it's lowest common denominator right comedy like what is going on there yeah Okay, so that brings me to the character of Modoc. 
Oh my god! So Modok, um, <laughs> if you watch the movie, obviously the the robotic uh, baby arms and legs creature, played by Corey Stoll, <laughs> who's back. And if you don't remember, he played Darren, who was Yellow Jacket in the first Ant Man movie. Mm. So the reason he's back is because he was shrunk into the quantum realm and he's somehow survived down there and now he's mm-hmm. a machine. Uh, it's well, an. Didn't acronym. they say that it was he was saved by Kang? Yeah, he was saved by Kang. Kang gave him a purpose, and now he's a machine only made uh, for killing, or something like that. And then even Ant Man corrects him. Shouldn't that be Modok? like because there's an f in there uh yep yeah he's started making a joke uh so this i was offended for my my eyeballs that had to see this character when he took off the helmet thing that he was wearing the gasp and like tangible horror that was running through the audience (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was just a combination of entertainment and uh, shock. I I don't know if I've seen that in an MCU movie where like the audience is just like, what do, what the fuck do I do with this? Yeah, like, what do we do here? Yeah, yeah. So, and did you like that they gave us like a ten to fifteen second like? Hey, just in case you don't know who this is, yes, here's like a yes. ten second montage of the character. Well, uh, I can't falter for that actually because no. I needed it. Yeah, I don't. You wouldn't have put care. two, two yeah. together there. No, and actually, yeah, you're right. I, you need that little like, oh, this oh, is him this is this guy as a human. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. It, <laughs> It's so funny saying that guy about Corey Stoll, who's like one of the ultimate that guys in Hollywood. Um, yeah, I I think that this character is what there for sheer lunacy. Yeah. Uh, now, there are some funny moments that you kind of get out of like this crazy character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the interactions with him and scott you know they're kind of that tension there and you know even scott's like looking down on him was like what am i looking at like i don't even know what i'm looking at and there's like the back and forth tension you get comedic bits out of it like when uh they're like on comms and ant-man's like darren darren and then finally he realizes modok yes and like he won't respond to to darren so little comedic moments like that. But I will say like the funniest that I actually was like, actually that was like pretty funny is at the end when he feels like he has his own redemptive arc and he attacks Kang and then he goes out and he's like, at least I died being good and being an Avenger. <laughs> and Scott's just like, he looks at him and is like, yeah, man. <laughs> like, I got some fun out of, like, little things like that because I was not really enjoying myself. So I had to find, you know, things in the movie that just kind of, like, you know, allowed it to be fun. Uh-huh. Because I was having a hard time having fun in this movie. I was having a very tough time having fun, too. 
I honestly but wish... But I have tough times with these MCU movies, period. Yeah, I know. Um, I wish that I would have gotten more time with Hank and his aunts. Like, he loves his aunts. I, I see you rolling your eyes. But, like, that is the crux of the franchise, is, like, the I get ants. that, yeah. And the fact that we don't really get that much action with the ants, like, kind of... I, they get a big heroic moment, big whoop, but it, it's not Well, really that was bizarre, too, that they sort of were like, I don't even they, know. They just Yeah, they fell into the quantum realm. Came out of left realm. field. Well, I, I, I picked up on They fell into it. the quantum realm, yeah. and I'm like, okay, well, we'll see the ants later. I was waiting like for sentient. them to come back. They're, right. I was like, okay, waiting for the ants. The ants come in at the last possible minute, and they swarm the place, and they swarm... Kang, and then when once they started taking down Kang the Conqueror, I was like, "No, you lost me. You lost me. You lost me." Okay, they're giant ants. Okay, there's like a million of them, but this is like sicking a bunch of ants on Thanos, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a, a similar way of. Wouldn't you it. think that's ridiculous yeah. as shit? Yeah, yeah. I, that's I why I was so. like, <laughs> "Yeah, no, I, I'm, I totally agree." Yeah, I agree that it, it's silly. That's why I don't. I didn't want Kang in this movie. Mm. Like it made no sense for him to be in this movie. But so we just now we have to talk about it because he is in this movie. I think that, like you said, the the Janet Kang scenes are the best stuff. I think in this movie because you get a sense of two people who appear on on the surface you know just two lost souls who are just trying to help each other get back home mm-hmm. and there there's that manipulation like you said because we as an audience member know who kang is she doesn't well, obviously if you've watched loki Re- then you true. know who he is that's very true that's very true um but you know janet doesn't know this character so he yeah. she's you know, finding someone who who can help her, and then when she realizes what a here's mistake a positive. It'll be, here's here's a positive that I have is I even though I've watched, <laughs> even though I've watched Loki, is that Jonathan Majors very close comes very close to tricking me. You know, like yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe is he good? Like I don't know. He mm. seems really uh, uh, c- uh, caring. toward janet and he's very soft and he doesn't look intimidating at all so i think that's the major plus of the show is that they had this really cool duality in the king the conqueror character they did did you have any thought like i don't know like it's sort of like up until she touches the ship or whatever he comes in that egg thing yeah like there's a you got a little seed of doubt in the back of your mind, like oh he's maybe he's maybe not he's that bad. not all that yeah. bad, yeah. right? Exactly. And mm-hmm. so that's that's the one thing I will say is that Majors is such a good actor, being able to bring that warmth and care to this character that you don't expect that from a villain, you know. Mm-hmm. So. The fact that he like, you know, weaves that into his performance mm-hmm. is really good. So I really enjoy when a when a character like that who is a villain can kind of get us like, oh, maybe he's not so bad or maybe mm-hmm. he's misunderstood or something. But then, you know, 
Marvel has to set a clear line. No, this person's a bad guy. And so, like, they mm-hmm. show flashbacks of, like, what he's done in other timelines. So, right. Uh, I would have almost preferred they just do a prequel. Yes. Yes. They could have just had uh, Michelle Pfeiffer can fucking lead a movie. Okay. Like, period. So, it could have been a wasp an Ant-Man story or something like that, like in the quantum realm, like you could have named it in such a way where people were like, okay, it's Michelle Pfeiffer in the quantum realm, period. And at the end of the movie, you have like a stinger or something with Paul Rudd, like entering the scene. Right. Exactly. And you have this fleshed out version where you're fish out of water scenario and you're finding everything in this quantum realm new and exciting and you're, discovering it along with Janet and you get the King, the conqueror landing in quantum mania. And like you get this whole fleshed out story of this friendship and why she's so um, hesitant to talk about even the quantum realm and her fighting against him and stuff like that. And being like a terrorist against his regime and whatnot down there. Like that's pretty juicy stuff. And they just tell us that this happened and they kind of try and get us to like care about the plight that's happening right now. How they're going to get out of the quantum realm? And it's like they're going to get like they're going to get out fairly easily, actually. So again, no stakes. But that flashback scene again, the best thing in the whole movie. The best thing in the movie, exactly. Ah oh, man, uh, there was. What about Bill Murray? Bill Murray wasted. Well, I mean, I didn't expect him to be like like a big character or anything. So I mean, he didn't get to be Bill Murray, same no. as Paul Rudd didn't get to be Paul Rudd. That is very true. So that is very <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, I, I, that was a wasted opportunity as well because I think you could have had some really fun with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He could have like really brought some like just fun and 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 liveliness to the movie, but they didn't let him cook. You know, so that that was nope. another wasted opportunity. Let's talk about Catherine Newton as Cassie Lane because this is a recasting. It is. Okay. It is talk a recasting. Um, I think I was excited going in for her. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Catherine Newton, like she's an up and up and coming star, and everything coming out of the movie. I was like, eh, I don't know if I fully buy, like her being. Like a pivotal character going forward because that character, uh, there's just rumors. I I don't know for a fact that this would happen, but uh, with all the younger versions of legacy characters kind of forming, you know, like Black Mm. Widow being taken over by Florence Pugh, Haley Steinfeld taking over Hawkeye, like, you know, we have like those legacy characters kind of being taken over by a younger generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a thing called the Young Avengers. So it's like a group of a younger group of uh, heroes. Uh, But I didn't really feel that's in, you know, that's sold on her as a character mm-hmm. uh but that you know that was just me how about you how did you feel about her as a character i thought she was perfectly fine and then someone did a tiktok making fun of her character and i was like oh shit that's fair the tiktok was here is katherine newton's 
audition video to play Cassie Lang. And it was literally just the person running across the screen in multiple different angles and directions. Because that's literally all that Catherine Newton is doing in this movie is she's just running. Running around, yeah. Running around, running away, whatever. Uh, somebody, somebody also, I saw this on TikTok, this, somebody said, um, I didn't clock, this person watched this movie twice. Why? Uh, but they said that the first time they didn't, uh, they didn't go through and like, basically she says the word dad a whole hell of a lot of times in a runtime of 120 minutes. Like she says it over over 29 times that they could count mm. which which roughly translates her saying dad every like less than four minutes <laughs> of screen time yeah it, it's pretty insane uh, i i really don't think that they really gave anything good to work with is the problem no no and, there was nothing for her uh, yeah also speaking of nothing for her um the movie is called ant-man and the Wasp. Yeah. There was nothing for nothing Evangeline, for Evangeline Lilly. Lilly. No. Yeah. Like, no. there was tension with her and her mom. Like, please talk about what happened down in the quantum realm. But that's really it. Like, she didn't really have her own storyline um, that really, you know, resonated. She didn't feel like an equal partner in this movie. No. At not all. at all. And they tried to shoehorn into her into the third act where she saves Scott. Right. I don't know how. I don't know like what logic they use there to save it, but like, okay, fine. So she comes in, they get rid of all the other possibilities, and they make it out of this I forget what it was what what it was, like the engine or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the neural the neural yeah. engine. Yeah, so they yeah, get out yeah. of that thing and she saves him and then that's it. She doesn't really That's it. I mean Sure, she's flying around and like swatting away bad quantum dudes, but she really <laughs> does feel like a sidekick in this movie. Yes, she does feel she like does a sidekick. She does not feel like an equal billing type of a character. No. She really no. doesn't. She has equal billing as with like the ants, I would say. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I Especially mean, I mean, because in the last movie, she did have like a good share of the you know of the lead role in ant-man and the wasp i mean ant-man still is the lead but like she she really does get featured quite a bit but not in this movie no mm-hmm. there's just not enough room to to do what you're trying to do in this movie but no and well here's here's the big thing i just don't think they had enough time to develop whatever they're trying to develop mm. in this movie the movies it well, is short to- for an mcu movie Short for an MCU movie, too long for me. And they tried to develop that emotional core with Paul Rudd, well, Scott Lang and Cassie Lang. And like, I, I, it just didn't work. No. Here's, and it goes against everything that I would want, but like they needed more time to be mm. able to make a connection there for audiences because they just didn't have enough time to develop anything that they wanted to in this movie. Everything felt shortchanged. So, uh, all right. So let's quickly just go over the the two credit sequences uh, because those are going to be well, the things that 
actually the last thing that i had to say about Catherine newton as cassie lang was that she was like running around in the final sequence trying to get away from modok and i was very confused and i literally just turned to my sister sitting next to me and i go can't she just get big and then like deck them literally a second after i said that she decides to use like the particle thing and then she gets she becomes giant Mm -hmm. and literally punches modok in the yeah. face and i was like i just said there we I go i literally Finally. just said it only took like five minutes of this chase sequence only only <laughs> <laughs> all right so you want to talk about the credits sequences right so uh the first one is in the mid credits this is where we get our our glimpse into what we're dealing with in terms of kang uh because we see uh a couple of different versions of Kang, and these are the most recognized versions of Kang oh. in the comics. So okay. there's... Uh, so they're all Conquerors as well? Yes. They are all oh. different versions of Kang the Conqueror. They have oh. gone through in different times. Like, w- one of them was wearing Egyptian robe, and, mm-hmm. and he, that one is Ramatut. And he went back to Egyptian time and he decided to conquer that time. And then there's another one who kind of looked a little more futuristic. Mm -hmm. There's still a little bit of debate whether that is Scarlet Centurion Kang, which is uh, just like someone from the future, or if it's Iron Lad Kang, which is kind of like a leaning towards a good guy version of Kang who uses like stark armor type of thing to Mm -hmm. to fight okay and then finally there's the one with like the blue face for real immortus he's like kind of like the leader of all the different kings what was the one that was like talking like this like that's that's immortus that was the okay yeah okay so obviously now that the king that we saw in this ant-man movie was dispatched of which again still surprises me um now yeah, they were what, like he's gone <laughs> yeah he's gone and like the other one was like are you mad that you weren't the one to kill him and stuff like that so obviously what this is teasing us with is a couple of things number one obviously the big threat of kang because we start seeing like a stadium full of kangs all yeah. over the place like so it's a yeah, crazy I'm, amount. I'm, I'm bewildered right but it also sets up this yeah. There is tension okay. within the Kangs because each one wants to kind of be the leader and the ruler, which could set up, you know, where not only in the future where we see Kang Dynasty, so Avengers he's fighting King with Dynasty, himself, could be that we see versions of each other kind of fight, maybe help the Avengers, some of them not so much against the Avengers, in because there's two Avengers movies coming down the road, uh, Kang Dynasty, which I think is kind of be like jonathan majors centric heavy like that's really his movie and then the one after that is secret wars which is that's the culmination uh that we're gonna see here but all the kings have the same powers um they have different types of technology each one like they they have learned from each other at the same time um so but all of them can manipulate time, be able to go through time. And 
So that's the big thing is being able to travel across the multiverses to battle one another or, you know, try to, you know, end one Kang. Because uh, in Loki, if we go back to Loki, which actually that's that's a nice way to tie in to the second uh, post credit mm-hmm. scene. Uh, we see uh, that there is a it looks like the 1920s and like new technologies being shown off in front of a fair. It very much was giving like prestige. Yeah. Illusionist. Yeah. Time and, period. It's, and it's Kang again. Uh, but, you know, in 1920s garb with a mustache. I don't think it's 20s. I think it's late. Or 1800s. maybe it's late 1800s. Yeah. That's probably better. And Loki and uh, Morbius are there. Not Morbius. Um, Mobius. No, wait. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. Mobius. Mobius. It's one of those. My sister did the same thing to me. Yeah, because I know it's not Morph. Yeah, it's not Morbius. It's Mobius. Mobius. Yeah. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, period. And so they are, Loki's there like, this is the man. This is the man who's the big threat. And so it's teasing us to maybe it looks like Loki's going to be dealing with Kang in the show in season two. Okay, so you think that's a... a preview of the next loki season yeah not i think so a future movie with kang in it correct because okay. i think kang is going to be popping up in just random places while we're leading up to avengers kang dynasty that's what i think is that he'll be popping up he won't be in every movie he won't be the big bad in every movie that but he's going to affect different things along the way and loki because of the fact that Kang was such a big presence at the end of Loki, it only makes sense to kind of continue that storyline for season two. So I can understand, hey, Majors is going to be in Loki season two, maybe maybe in one episode or two episodes, I you know, but I get it. So, yeah, that's the big thing here is that we are now kind of starting to slowly piece together, oh, this is how big the threat is. Also, at the same time, we're seeing how it could possibly be defeated because of the fact that there is this animosity between himself. He is a man kind of against himself, in, in, in a way, if you think about it. House divided. House divided. Or man divided. Uh, independent George. <laughs> Relationship George. It's like that. <laughs> independent Kang. <laughs> okay i love that king <laughs> me too uh so yeah so, All right. so the, i'm excited for kang still because of jonathan majors yes i agree majors is really the selling point and if he does appear in loki season two that's just another reason to watch loki i mean loki the the first season of loki is my favorite of the MCU shows. Oh, I still like WandaVision. It's WandaVision's number two. It's like neck and neck. They're they're both very good, but um so with the thought that he might be in season two, that that excites me. But nothing else MCU wise right now, like I mean they're kind of teasing Guardians to be kind of like the last run for this group of Guardians. Uh Batista said he's already done and the way they're kind of like making it seem to be it looks like a last run for these people for for this group but i'm not like oh my god i i, 
I'm dying to see that, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'll check it out. But like, it's not like I'm hurrying. And then after that, we saw a poster for the Marvels. Uh, I like Iman Vellani as Ms. I love Marvel. that poster. Yeah, the poster was really nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. I wonder how, like, what the story is going to be. But, you know, we'll probably get a, a trailer just before Guardians. You don't think that the Marvels will get pushed, right? Uh, right now, it's being released November. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean pushed? I don't know. Like, just pushed like, back? This, this was so... Po- like, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was so poorly received. And it's just getting lambasted in every review, including ours, that some were saying, like, they're rethinking the Marvels and, like, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Because um, I think that Feige and Marvel... They they still have to they still have to release the movies because mm. once you make the announcement, if you're Marvel, once you make the announcement, oh May third, twenty twenty five, Marvel movie, you you got to release it. You got to come out with something. There's no indication of who the villain is for the Marvels. No, not at all. Okay. So so that's another thing. Like I don't even know. Like is Jude Law going to come back as um. Man, I always forget that character's name. But is he going to come back, you know? Or what would be the level of threat that would include Miss Marvel and Spectrum? That's um, Tiana Paris's character from WandaVision. So, like, what would necessitate those three characters to come together, you know? Um, Well, don't you think that they keep hinting at a bunch of, what are they called, Scrolls? Scrolls? Oh, yeah, the scrolls. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, they do. That they keep like, oh, these people are fake. It's been a a scroll the whole time. I believe. Every other thing, they're like, "Mm, JK. There's a show coming out soon with uh, Nick Fury. Um, Oh, uh, Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion, there's a show coming out, which kind of deals with that whole thing of like, is this person who they really are because of the whole scroll thing? And that show, that show has obviously Samuel L. Jackson uh, and Kobe Smulders, but they also hired uh, Amelia Clark. She's in mm. that show, and Olivia Coleman is in that show. Oscar as well. winner Olivia Coleman. Yes, Oscar winner Olivia Coleman is in that movie as well. She's show, joining show. the MCU. Yep, she is. Um, I did not have that on my 2023 bingo card. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Olivia Coleman in the MC. Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) now that's supposed to come out sometime this year. Uh, And also with Disney, with everything going on, uh, there's been rumors about them like slowing down their slate just because of uh, it hasn't been looking great money wise for, Mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, that. Uh, Man. Yeah. they, They, I just don't know. We always kept saying this. <laughs> Can Marvel like continue like on this hot streak of like all these different movies and shows or will it become oversaturated? And I think I mean, you've probably gotten there way before I have, but yeah, like I I definitely feel it for sure. 
Like, I'm definitely MCU'd out, been MCU'd out, kept saying after year five, I was like, I'm MCU'd out, and <laughs> we're still here, still, get, I mean, muscling through some of these movies. I mean, as you can see, I'm, I'm confused half the time. I'm just, you know, it doesn't hurt me, I guess, because I got that AMC Stubbs thing, but... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and uh, your boy Dermot Mulrooney will be in that show as well. Quit. He's going to be playing the president of the United States. <gasps> yeah. Ooh, another American president yes. in cinema. Dermot Mulrooney. I mean, I'm just here for Pax June in November. I know. Period. You're, that's the only. That's the reason why you're excited for the Marvels. The only reason. And that's the reason that I even know there. Marvel. The Marvels is coming out this year. You're like, uh, when's that Poxo June movie coming out? When's that Poxo June movie coming out? Because I'm very interested to see my boy. Oh, I, I know you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Should uh, I do like a Poxo June episode on Debak to like prep people I mean, who don't maybe. know Poxo June? I it's, can't do that. That's got to know. That, well, I mean, why not? Why not? I know. True. Um, so yeah, the Marvels was delayed in to November because it was supposed to come out right in the middle of summer, and then oh. it was supposed to come out in July, and then so it was pushed a couple of days ago. They they released uh, the new date was going to be November tenth instead. You see, so, so I did hear like rumblings of they're pushing the Marvels, and they pushed it out of summer. Yeah, they pushed it out of summer. They pushed it out of summer. Um, I'm. I, I don't know why unless I think the I think summer's too crowded this year. I think that's think? the reason. Yeah. I think summer's way too crowded this year. Oh. Um because it was July twenty eighth was supposed to be the date. Uh yeah. uh not one but two movies come out the week before that. Two of the most anticipated movies of the year come out. The, the week before that and that's Oppenheimer and Barbie right so, so having to deal with that competing against that plus you still have like Mission Impossible somewhere in that vicinity as well like July is kind of stacked this year because they've kind of all almost everybody put their chips there for some reason uh, hmm. and also I, uh, Disney has their new haunted mansion movie coming out on july 28th so i think disney was like oh, we're not so, gonna have yeah. two competing uh movies of our own company on the same mm. date so yeah so that i think that's the bigger reason that makes the most sense all right well yeah well yeah so now you know <laughs> the box you know. movie comes out november 10th <laughs> all right yes. so other than that we weren't big fans of the movie we still have hope for Kang because of Jonathan Majors. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll see how that unfolds going forward. Uh, now, if you like the movie, let us know on social media at Always Critic Pod, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, that is at Always Critic Pod. If you are listening for the first time, first off, thank you. And go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. While you're there, give us a five-star review. It really helps us out. 
And finally, if you've done all that, you've been listening for a long time, consider becoming a patron. Uh, we uh, always look for support because uh, doing this is not always easy. So any support that we can get, uh, we do appreciate. Uh, that's patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod for as little as $2 a month. You can be a supporter. And next week, next week, we will be talking about Cocaine Bear. Oh. Yeah, that oh. is next week. So yes. uh, if you've seen the trailers and thought, well, what is this? Well, we got you covered because we're going to cover what that is. Uh, cocaine Anti-spider Bear. Anti-Spider Monkey, we're going to do it. Yes, we are. Yeah, Cocaine Bear. Now, uh, besides that, I think that's the end of our episode. I think so, too. All right. That's the end of our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic podcast. Always the Critic podcast.